for everything that you're going through, there's a million other people going through it. Mm -hmm. And remember, it's not what you go through, but it's how you get through it. Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So I'm delighted to be able to bring to you Tierra Curry on to today's episode of Find Your Voice. Tierra, how are we doing today? I'm good. Thanks for asking. You? I'm very well. Thank you. Very well. So obviously, I want to keep all these podcasts evergreen so that where people pick it up in five or 10 years time, the lessons are still valuable. But unfortunately, myself and Tierra are going through something that, well, actually the whole world is going through. So we're in the coronavirus period. So um, if that doesn't make sense to you, whether you're listening to this in a few years time, just know that this is a time where I suppose uncertainty is definitely among all of us, which is why I felt Tiara would be an absolutely incredible guest for this show because one of the few things that she does is she helps people with perseverance and overcoming adversity. So I obviously preach about adversity can be our biggest gift. It can be the best thing that we can utilize moving forward in our life if we allow it to be. So rather than hear me ramble on, as I always tend to do, I want to introduce our fantastic guest. So Tiara, if you wouldn't mind, if you could just give the listeners a little bit about yourself, because I'm always conscious to know why people do what they do. And the work that you're doing today sounds incredible, but I want to hear more about it. But just before I hear more about it, I want to know a little bit about you. I want to know how you grew up or the things that maybe shaped you into the person that you are today. All right. Well, I'm Tierra Curry. I'm an author and a speaker. And the things that shaped me was my upbringing and my circumstances in life. From the time I was a child being in foster care up until now being married now with my own family and my own chance to get, you know, bringing up a child in the correct way. All of those things shaped me from from foster care to rape to suicide attempts to throwing in the towel, all of that. I use that of my movement, Fed Up Change Up, and which is to inspire other people and to let them know that they don't have to quit or prematurely throw in the towel. Wow, fantastic. So thank you for obviously sharing that. There was a few things there that I do want to touch on, if that's okay. Uh, Firstly, I want to start with foster care. So you mentioned you had a period of going through foster care. Would you mind just elaborating just ever so slightly on that, please? Yes. So by the time I was in kindergarten, I was in foster care. So my mom had kind of, she got on drugs and my dad wasn't around. So I had went into the system with my two brothers and it was kind of, it was there that I learned, I I learned life, how, how rough life could be Um, from being bullied in school and then coming home, having to deal with things like molestation and abuse. When I say abuse, I'm talking things like getting beat with stenching cords coming out of the tub type of thing. Um, Just being treated like that outcast and that black sheep. And so it wasn't all bad though. I did have some great moments and my great grandmother was also around me. Uh, She had her own place, of course, but 
I still had access to her. And she was the one who kind of, you know, introduced me to God. She taught me how to pray. She she let me know that everything is going to be okay. All these people that's doing you this way, you know, everything is going to be okay. But I definitely had a pretty interesting childhood to say the least. And I, and that was also my first time trying to commit suicide was in foster care because I really wanted to escape all of those things that were happening. Wow. Well, firstly, thank you for obviously sharing that because I know that's quite, um, that's quite an emotive subject there. So the reason I wanted to ask about foster care was because it's very, very close to my heart. I have been part of a family who have fostered children for as long as I can remember now, almost half of my life. Uh, my younger sister is adopted and the four children that we have all through the foster care system are now part of our family. So effectively everyone's adopted mm. special guardianship. So I have a very, very close, it's close to my heart, anyone that's obviously gone through the care system. And one of the things that I tried to do a few years ago was become a social worker to make sure children like yourself didn't suffer in the way that you've obviously evidently suffered there. Now, you mentioned a few things that had gone wrong there in terms of molestation, abuse, um, the abuse with extension cords and stuff. Was that actually in foster care itself? Yes, it was. It was, wow. it was by the person that I was living with and their child. And it was also by as far as that was the abuse and the molestation was by things like their friends. You know, they they didn't have any idea. So a lot of times when a person is molested, especially a child, it's by a person that it's by the person that you would least expect that kind of behavior from. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, but this was actually in there while, while I was in there. Wow. Um, you can't see me now, but I've actually got my fist clenched because that actually breaks my heart hearing that because one of the things as a foster parent and I hope to foster children at one stage as well is that we provide love, a loving family, a loving place where children feel safe. So it's disgusting that somebody took advantage of that for a child who's already struggling and trying to find a way in the world as well. So the only positive mm -hmm. I can take from that is obviously you are now in such an incredible place where you've taken all this adversity, you've taken all the lessons that life has thrown your way, whether it's fair or not, but you've taken them and you are now so much stronger for that. And now obviously trying to help other people overcome their adversity. And I'm just grateful that you found that silver lining. And you mentioned this yourself, you, you had a relative who brought you closer to God. And I always say that whatever we believe in or wherever we need to find our faith somewhere, some place, we need that element of faith just to kind of keep us going. So I'm so, I'm so glad actually that you found that because obviously you're here now to have this conversation with myself. Exactly. And, and, you know, the older I got in, cause I was in foster care up until age 18. So, um, I, I was able, the older I got, the less abuse I was receiving and um, I was able to, but in the thick of it, I was still able to find some type of peace. Music was able to take me away from that and give me a vacation. So I found peace in music and I found peace in writing. Uh, first, it would be my great grandmother said, you need to, you need a journal, you need a diary. And that, I mean, that is what made me who I am today, writing. I would write words and then those words of how I felt about people turned into poetry. And then that turned into writing songs because I said poetry is just poems, just has songs on it. I'm saying this as a child. And then that would give me a peace that would take a lot of that anger and fear and anxiety out of me. But I didn't know that that would transform my you know, life as a teenager and then as an adult. But yeah. Absolutely love that. I'm just sitting here smiling now, uh, especially after the start of this episode, because 
there's a few things there that you mentioned and these are actually things that I've used myself as well. So suffering with anxiety the majority of my life, music is my moment of peace. And when you said that word peace, that actually sparked something in my in my head because I've never actually used that word when I associate it as I normally call it my escape, but it's actually the peace that I get from music and the words and the lyrics from different types of songs where it's almost like they say the words that are on your heart or on your mind. So music is so, so powerful. And at the same time, journaling as well. So just before we jumped onto this episode, we're all stuck in isolation. We're all kind of going through a time where some of us aren't really ready or prepared for this moment. And uncertainty and anxiety is high for even those amongst us who don't necessarily suffer with anxiety. Now, when you've got an anxious person like myself, I struggle on a daily basis. So one of the things I do is journaling as well. And I can't recommend it more to the listeners here and I say it all the time because through writing I somehow release my pain and I, and I actually did a blog this morning and it's not going to go out to the public it's just a blog for myself it's, a, it's basically a journal uh, I've maybe I'll open it in a few years time and as I was writing it I was actually crying and I wasn't actually going to share this but I was crying while I was writing it because it meant so mm-hmm. much to me but at the same time as soon as I finished that and I and I kind of closed the chapter and I clicked save to drafts um i felt so much like like as if like a weight was taken off my shoulders if that makes sense and it was really really yes. powerful so i definitely recommend anyone obviously going through adversity to jump onto music jump onto journaling you'd be surprised that when you transform those thoughts and those feelings or whatever's going on in your head onto paper it's so it's enlightening mm-hmm. i mean that that's the words for me i mean do you do anything else other than music and journaling as well or is that where you find most of your peace um, writing books, writing just pretty much just everything around writing. And it, <laughs> and, and it doesn't have to have any type of structure. I can just get something I have. If you come to my house, I, you'd probably see a library worth of journals, things, thoughts I've, I've journaled down from witty ideas. I might get a witty idea that's awesome, but it just comes out of nowhere. Like anything, like you said, I'm happy. To, I'm happy for you that you can identify with what I mean, as well as I know a lot of other people can. Writing is great. So it, it doesn't have to be, it, it could be, um, oh, I, I apologize. It could be plays too. I write plays as well. So just anything dealing with writing is that release. You're amazing. You're a woman of many, many talents. And I think, as you said that, obviously I resonate with this because this is something that I do myself on a daily basis, but I really want somebody, maybe just that one person now listening to this episode thinking, I don't think that's going to work. I just want you to try it. I just want you to put away any sort of limiting beliefs or any sort of connotations, negative ones against writing and just sit there. Maybe give yourselves five or even 10 minutes. And even if you've just got to do it on your phone while you're sat in the car, for example, just sit there and anything on your mind, there doesn't need to be a structure behind it. There are no rules here. Get it down on a piece of paper because through that, that's that's the healing process. And one of the things throughout this journey of Find Your Voice is as much as I'm trying to find my voice, i.e. overcoming anxiety, I recognize I have a lot of other traumas in my life as well. Nothing to the extent of what you've been through or what some of my guests have been through, but I'm always fascinated by why people do what they do. I'm always fascinated by why I have less confidence than other people, why I struggle with shyness in certain places, why I don't always believe in myself. And as I'm kind of unpeeling the onion, should we say, back it's all been transformed through this writing. So it's such a, such a powerful thing. So if I may segue ever so slightly, Tiara, I want to ask you about your structure because you mentioned structure just in that and it just made um, made me take a note. What's your day-to-day like 
then because I, the reason I ask this question is because I'm always fascinated by people's habits because habits obviously create our external and internal world and in relation to success as well I believe that we need a certain level of habits as well in our world correct correct um you know I learned that it's not it's not always it's not the best idea to wing it all the time so what I do is I get up and because I'm a woman of faith of course I have to pray and, and show gratitude for waking up in the, in the morning and for everything that I've received on the previous day, I show gratitude for the things I'm expecting for that day. Um, then I, I meditate and I start writing. I write out how I intend. I write something called an intentional list. Um, today I intend to do this and do that. So I have a journal, I have a business journal and then I have a personal journal. So I write down, my personal goals that I want to do for the day, which are three. Um, and then I write down the business goals in the business journal that I want to do. So the, the personal would be like, it could be something that I want to spring clean in the house or, you know, something that simple. And then the business journal would be, hey, I want to reach out to um, this person today, that person or create this. So I get those down. And then after visualizing and meditating and just getting myself self-centered, because I don't think that the first thing that you should not do is go and check your social media and check your emails mm -hmm. and check voicemails and text messages, because then you're going to run amok. It's like, it makes you kind of disoriented. The first thing I got to do is center myself and then I'm ready to deal with the children. We have six children, you know, I'm ready to deal with the world and my husband and what I need to do, but I have to get that time in for myself first, or I'm not going to be really effective that day. I absolutely love that. What a fantastic answer. So I'm just going to recap that just obviously for my understanding, but also for anyone listening as well, just so it's really mm -hmm. cemented into their mind. So you start with prayer and gratitude and gratitude is something that I massively, massively again, urge just as much as the music and the journaling. And then you do this thing, which I think is fascinating. And I've actually made a note here to do it myself, which is an intentional list. I think that is incredible because I was listening to a book and I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but there's a great book by Dr. Joel Dispenser. Um, and I think it's the habit of unlocking oneself, uh, something like that. It's very, very close. I'll put that in the show notes actually. And he speaks about that. We need to write what we're expecting from life because our life doesn't actually know whether it's happened or not. It's just the feelings and the thoughts and the emotions that we're going through. So instantly you're coming from a place of gratitude, from a place of thank you and just being happy where you are. But then you're saying what you want to expect from the world, but then you don't stop there. Then you go out there and you write these goals and then obviously you pursue them. Hence the business and personal goals, writing three of those each. And you've obviously reached out to myself and I'm so, so grateful we're having this conversation now because I'm just sitting here thinking this is such an incredible episode. And I actually wish we recorded the YouTube version as well, because I think people could just benefit so much from seeing you um, display this mm. incredible wisdom as well, but maybe that's one for the future as well. So let's not, let's not put a hold on that. And then you mentioned something really, absolutely. really, let's <laughs> definitely going to do that. Absolutely. And then you mentioned something else as well, which I thought was profound as well, which is we need to not just open ourselves up to the external noise in the world. We need to keep our phone away until we center ourselves. And that is so, yes. so important. And it's probably one of the, one of the biggest life hacks I'd say next to sleep that I've done in 2020, which was I'm the first person to check my Twitter, my Instagram, my Facebook first thing in the morning. And now what I do is 
I actually think of my ideas. So I write my ideas down the first thing when, as soon as I wake up or maybe my dreams or aspirations or what I want to do in the day. And I don't actually touch my phone for the first part of probably three or four hours in terms of the external noise. And I can't explain how much happier I feel, how much more creative I feel. And just generally like my anxiety levels are so much less. So that's almost like an instant hack, you know, for anyone struggling out there. So thank you so much for sharing that. I think there's definitely some incredible, tangible takeaways for people there. Thank you. You're welcome. Especially now, this is a time with dealing with the, I call it a world, a global transition. With dealing with this global transition, uh, this is, you really have to treat yourself as in, you know, they say quarantine, but treat yourself like you're in incubation. When something's an incubation, it's being protected and 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 it's a learning phase. And you have to be very careful because there's so much fear out there. You know, if you kind of give in to everything, especially when you first wake up, it's going to drain your energy. By the time you finish reading all of the memes and the posts and the comments and articles and news clips, and sometimes people make up news too. So, you know, you really, you really should um, use this time, use what you have to work on projects that you normally didn't work on at first because you were too busy, but now that things have kind of shut down, now you can use this time. And that's part of how I was able to get on your show. I use this time productively to say, what can I do in the house? And that's how we're here. Absolutely. And I'm so, so grateful that you reached out as well. And I want to ask you a question actually, because again, you mentioned something and it's in relation to fear. We're in a place now where the moment we switch our televisions on, all we're hearing is fear tactics. We're constantly seeing negative stuff thrown our way. And I always say we have to control what we put in our mind, just how we control the food that we put into our body as well. It's just as important. So in relation to fear, just diverging ever so slightly, gone through everything that you've gone through and overcame everything as well. What's your biggest fear right now? My biggest fear. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't mean to sound like um the Terminator or somebody, but (laughs) (laughs) I can't, I can't really say that I have a a fear, but my biggest success would be to one day, like my kids are in between the ages of two and nine. So it would be to one day hear that when they get older, my mom did her job with us. My mom, she did the best that she could do. She, she helped me grow into this wonderful person that I am. That is what I want to hear. To me, that in my life, that is true success. To be able to pass on to another generation what I did not have. And then they can then take that love and pass it on to their friends and then one day their family. So if I don't hear those words, man, I don't know what I would want to what I would do. But at the end of the day, that's what I want to hear. And that's what I look at as true success. So that's why they see mommy on the grind and they see mommy writing books and doing interviews and and they, they come to me now. And, and, and that makes me feel good to hear them talk about, you got a business, you know? <laughs> so I really want to hear them say that one day and that would do me some good. That, that would take away a lot of anxiety for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure they're very, very proud of the work that you're doing. Just segueing then ever so slightly again, I want to ask you something about some of the stuff that you mentioned earlier, if if we may, and it's quite an emotive subject. And I have had guests previously who have spoken about these topics as well. And you mentioned rape and abuse. 
I don't want to go too much into this, but what I want to say is for anyone who maybe or may have struggled with this trauma in their life, do you have any recommendations or any sort of help that maybe people can go out and get themselves healed through this process? Because I, I can't comprehend what that must be like for somebody else. So I'm not even going to try and pretend, but maybe somebody like yourself could give some knowledge in relation to that. Well, yeah. So I want to tell you this um, really quick and then I'll come back around to that. So at 18, I just thought that was the day of freedom and that none of this stuff was going to recycle or resurface. So I went because I was so sheltered. I went on a dating spree really fast. It was like I turned 18 and I hit the ground running. I couldn't wait <laughs> to get out the house and experience <laughs> life. So I met this guy and at the latter part of age 18 and he became my boyfriend, Jamaican guy, a few years older than me and whatnot. And um, we hit it off and he wanted to do a double date. So he told me to bring a friend to a party. And then he was going to bring his cousin that he introduced me to and to to the party. And we would do a double date. I said, cool. We get off work at 7 a.m. We go straight there. He goes and buys us drinks and goes and go pick up his cousin from the train station. And we all just start to have a good time once he got back talking and just doing what you regularly would do at a party. And so at some point that party turned and I was drugged. And the, re- the reason how I know that I was drugged is because at that time, I was able to drink anybody under the table. I could drink a large amount. And I only had about a half of can of beer before I started feeling discombobulated and before I passed out. So when I gained consciousness, his cousin that I had, that he brought for my friend um, was raping me. And from that rape, I, I, I blacked out for hours. I'm surprised I was able to get up to even catch that. But once I told him what happened, I looked for my friend and my boyfriend and her were in another room together. And he took him back to the train station. And it was just me and her home at the house. And I passed out again until 12 midnight. Now, this is from 7 a.m. I didn't gain full consciousness till 12 midnight later on. And um, I, when I went to take her home, she just said, Tiara, you were set up. And I, could, I couldn't piece it together until she told me that. And then um, I, I was in the room depressed. And it was like all of those things from my childhood just started to come back. All the thoughts of being a failure and humiliated and, um, you know, do, do I have anything, any disease? All that stuff came back. And um, so we fi- I finally agreed to get the police involved. Somebody reached out and called me. Actually, it was it was my mother, actually, my birth mother. She was in a whole nother state, but she said she felt something was wrong. So she had me to um, get the cops involved and they took great care of me. Um, shout out to Grady Hospital. They're excellent. <clears throat> and I found out from that I had HPV, which is the human papillomavirus. And it's something that attacks your cells. So they told me that my cells were turning into cancer. So again, all my thoughts of wanting a family, I thought that 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 was gone because my cervix was being attacked with cancer. But uh, long story short, I got through that. And the guy who is now my husband, we were just kind of friends, engaged. And then we wound up dating. 
And he still wanted to marry me, even though I had the diagnosis. He was there when they gave me the diagnosis. And we have six beautiful children. And I got over that. So I think that part of my healing was being with somebody or being around somebody that truly made me happy. And you don't have to be in a whole relationship if that happens to you um, to find happiness. But you want to be around people that make you happy, that don't make you feel like you did something wrong or that you should be ashamed. I don't care if it's what you dressed like or whatever. Maybe you had one too many drinks. No, no one should ever violate you in an unconscious or conscious state, whether you're a child or whether you're an adult. And rape doesn't have a, it doesn't have a prospective person. So um, a, a respective person. So basically it can happen at any age. Okay. So if this happens to you, I want you to know that first of all, you are not alone and you did nothing wrong. I want you to get some type of help. Maybe you can start with confiding in somebody because the last thing you want to do is feel alone and battle it by yourself. You can get into a small group of other individuals who've overcome it or that's dealing with it. You can reach out to a family member or trusted friend, or but you definitely want to get some type of help. And then you just have to work on things 24 hours at a time, day by day. Work on yourself, building yourself up, your mind, um, and take your time. You don't have to jump into a date. You don't have to go go out and party too quick. Take your time. This is you. This is what happened to you. But whatever you do to find healing, whether it's doing karaoke or, I don't know, traveling or whatnot, um, just take your time and and just find things that will keep you in that happy state of mind. Thank you so much for sharing that. That must have... Um... That must have been such a horrific time. I mean, uh, one of the things that um, a gentleman told me, Michael Taylor, who was on one of the episodes previously, he was abused as well. So, it, and he was able to speak about it and he spoke about it in a very similar way to yourself. And the reason he was able to speak about it and one of the things he said afterwards was him being able to speak about it now so openly and freely and trying to help other people as well is because he's now healed from that trauma, but it took him time. I'm just hoping that you're obviously now healed from that process as well. I am totally healed. And you know what the crazy thing is, um, is that that experience, and I was able to take all of my experiences and create my movement. And I wrote my first book out of that. I did what I know how to do best. I went, took it back to basics. I wrote. So I wrote my first book. It's called Fed Up, Change Up. And that also became a movement where I go to, I work with the same hospital that gave me the diagnosis and I deal with other, um, they're in the process of getting me connected with other young ladies who actually need support. Um, and I was also able to create, to share with, with people that I come across five little steps that I took because, hey, you said it yourself, you went through things too. You deal with anxiety. and. I can't say that, oh, well, what you went through is not nothing compared to me because everybody experiences life. And what may be important to me, it may not hit you the same way, vice versa. But it's still something that, you know, you're dealing with. It's still your truth. It's still something that impacts you. So we have to have these ways that we find out how we can heal ourselves. And once you find that, I believe you become mandated 
to help to turn around and help somebody else out of that. But yes, I am healed. And let me tell you how I get justice. Even though the guy, he only did a little jail time. The guys from my childhood did no time because different people didn't believe me. But the guy from my adulthood, he did jail time. The way I do, but it was only for like, I don't know, maybe a couple months or so. The way I deal with justice is doing things like this, coming on to platforms such as yours, sharing this, because I feel like by me opening up my mouth and expressing what happened, something that I said is going to help somebody avoid this or get through this, that whatever problems they have. So this is how I heal consistently is doing this. It's a release. You're actually amazing. Yeah. I'm st- I'm sit- sitting here now and I don't have many hairs on my arms, but they're all raised <laughs> right now. <laughs> and I want to just try and collect my thoughts and say this in a way that doesn't sound clumsy. So there's one or two things that you mentioned all the way through this, um, especially from the last answer as well, which was that I got through this, I get through this, I got through that. And I, and I love that about you. That is perseverance in a nutshell. You then went on to mention a book, which was Fed Up, Change Up, which I urge every single person, including myself after this show, to go and check out as well. And you then also mentioned afterwards, which I want to talk about as well, which is an incredible point and something that I've suffered with myself, which was we all go through adversity in our life. And that adversity for one person could be rape. For for another person, it could just be getting out of bed in the morning because anxiety is debilitating, or it could just be shyness or blushing. It could be something that on the grand scheme of things, if we were to rank these in order, it might fall down the pecking order. But for that one person, it could be everything and it could be something that struggles so much. So you said something afterwards and I'm stealing your words here, Tiara, which was you now feel mandated to help others. And that's been my purpose ever since I started this show 16 months ago. I thought, okay, I have this and I have another story of adversity, which I'm going to share later on, which is kind of part and parcel with my anxiety, but I've not shared it today. I was waiting for episode number 100. But those two things, I thought, okay, there are much, much worse stories in the world out there, such as rape, for example, because that for me, honestly, it does make make my heart sink when I, when I hear stories like that. But at the same time, I feel now it's an obligation. It's now my purpose to just help as many people hear my words, hear your words, hear the words of other people, because sometimes it's just that one sentence that somebody needs. And I was the same. So um, without jumping too much ahead, when I release episode 100, there's a part of me and one of the biggest shifts for me was forgiveness. And I can't explain how much it changed my life. For three years, I was in the worst funk, having gone through probably the biggest adversity in my life. And when I forgave that individual, my whole world turned around. But it came off a podcast. It came from sitting there one day feeling sorry for myself. And just towards the end of the podcast, the gentleman, he mentioned a couple of sentences. I can't remember them off the top of my head, but it was about forgiveness. And I thought, what's he talking about? I'm not going to forgive this person for hurting me, but we have to forgive in order to heal. And I know that's kind of part part of the process as well. So everything you said there was fantastic. And I do want to kind of put you on the spot a little bit and ask you so, so kindly, would you mind sharing those five little steps as well with the listeners of Find Your Voice, please? Sure. So these are just some things that you can do. Um, One thing that I talk about a lot is perseverance. And we all know that that means to It's doing something in spite of the difficulty or delay in achieving uh, success. So it's getting through the hard stuff. Number one, you want to pause for the cause, okay? You want to slow down. Slow down. Our thoughts are moving so fast all day on different things. Do this for yourself and do these for the people that you may help. Pause and slow down. You want to ID yourself Mm -hmm. and ask questions like, who am I? 
how am I feeling? Um, this is a time when you can identify what triggers what I call the funk, what triggers those moods in your in your life that makes you not want to get out of the bed, that makes you not want to do something. Mm-hmm. So this is a time when you would, sp- uh, um, would kind of spend time with yourself and be real with yourself. No need to lie, no need to hide out anything, but this is that time. And you want to also assess where you are right now. So that's pausing to spend time with yourself. Number two, um, you want to, you want to ask, what can I do to improve my results? Okay. So after you see where you are, where, where are you now? Um, could you maybe pay a little bit more attention to things, research something a little bit more? Um, should you open up a line of communication with somebody? Remember I stated that and, Maybe if you were more organized with your day, would that kind of make things a little bit less stressful for you? Okay, so these are the things that you want to do in step number two. Number three, very important. Give it a try, like Mr. Do said. You want to write it down. But this is when you want to create the map for those dead ends. Okay, so this is when you want to envision where you want to be. And in order to reach that, you have to first know where you are so that you can know where you're going. So you want to write it out. Okay. Um, Then number four is you want to plan, you want to create a plan. You want to create a plan, a detailed plan of action that's conducive to your lifestyle. So there's no there's no right way. Everybody has a plan or they structure their day, you know, as to their situation. So if you're a person like myself with six children or even one child, you have to kind of plan a little bit more because that child, when they wake up, they don't care what you have going on. They won't breakfast, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you want to plan this and um, you want to put down the steps that you're willing to take in order to see process while you're planning. Mm. Write out that intentional list. Today, I intend to do this and do not pack it up. I used to put down about 50 intentions, no lie. And I would get about half of it done and then turn around and feel bad because I didn't do the whole list. So um, a lot of successful people recommend six. And I do. I like that number. But get you an intentional list going down, get organized with your plan and um, try new things. Today, I want to try this, but have a strong plan. And then number five is to just do it. You've wrote it down. You've made the plan. You spent time with yourself. You did all of these things. You can buy all the books you want, take all the courses you want, do all the writing you want. But it comes a time when you just have to do it. But when you do it, do it with rewards, okay? So basically what that means is you've wrote out your plan. Now let's execute it. Now, don't be afraid to reward yourself. I don't care if it's a small reward like an ice cream cone. Do something that lets your body know and lets your inner self know that, hey, I did a great job. I did my task and I'm, I'm seeing progress and I'm doing this thing. And, you know, you can make it, you can make your rewards bigger. Um, You can get a pedicure, manicure, you can do a vacation, whatever it is. You can have an hour where you're just playing the game or doing something that you want to do, but don't feel guilty. Reward yourself for those small milestones that you have taken. Okay. 
And I and and I'm telling you, man, once you do these things, once you implement these five steps into your life, you can apply this to anything, no matter how hard your life was or how easy, whatever stresses that you are dealing with. If you can do this to a T, then you will start seeing results. We are actually going to jump in to the fun part of the show. And it's just going to be a very, very random 60 to 90 seconds of me asking you weird and wonderful questions because I know and appreciate that sometimes these episodes can be quite emotive. And I just want people to see the fun side of you as well. Yes, that's fine. Let's do it. Okay, so we're going to start in three, two, one. Okay, Tiara, what is your favorite hobby? Karaoke. The biggest mistake you made last year? Trusting the wrong people. (laughs) I can second that. Your proudest achievement? Graduating college. If you had an extra hour a day, how would you spend it? Relaxing. (laughs) (laughs) Who is your favorite motivational speaker? Zig Ziglar. What are you secretly good at that nobody knows? uh, Patience. Patience. What is your favorite book? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. The ability to read minds or predict the future? Read minds. What would you like to be remembered for? My story changing lives. If you could sit with one person in the world, dead or alive who would it be Les brown the ability to fly or be invisible be invisible the number one thing that annoys you constant complaints money or fame money <laughs> <laughs> and finally what song best describes your life it's called roller coaster i think it's by the ohio players well i haven't heard the song but hearing your story just in this brief conversation <laughs> we had it's definitely been a roller coaster but hopefully now it's just on the way up so there's a few questions that I just want to kind of leave the listeners with. So the next one's about reflection. So I'm a firm believer that in hindsight, we can always reflect on ways to get to where we are quicker, easier, or with less heartache. But I also believe the journey teaches us so, so much as well, and that everything kind of happens for a reason. So what I want to know, Tiara, is knowing everything that you know now with all of your wisdom and all of your experience through life, if you could maybe go back to a younger you and whisper something in your ears, What would you say? I would say that everything is going to be all right. Everything that your great grandmother has taught you is true. Everything that God has taught you is true. It's going to happen. Just be patient and hang in there. You are important. Do not quit. You got this. I love that. I love that message. And sadly, that does actually bring us to the last question of the show. And the last question I ask every single one of my guests is, If in 150 years time, science fails to save us and all that exists is a book and this book, it's about you. It's about your life. It's about the incredible roller coaster of journey and events that you've been on. Firstly, I want to know what would the title of the book be? And secondly, what would the summary at the back tell the reader about you to entice them to pick it up? Hmm, That's a good question. I would say life as we know it, the known and the unknowns. And then further back, it would just be what can the day in the life of an average person bring? Definitely extraordinary um, events. That's what I would put on. There. I love that. Absolutely love that. Well, sadly, that does actually now bring us to the last part of the show where I'm going to give you a chance to connect with the listeners. But just before I close the show, Tiara, is there anything you wish I'd asked you today or anything that you want to leave the listeners with? I just want to say that, you know, to everybody that's listening, I hope that Uh, something that I said or Mr. Deuce said has done something for you. Um, Just know that um, you're not alone. 
for everything that you're going through, there's a million other people going through it. Mm -hmm. And remember, it's not what you go through, but it's how you get through it. So if you have a situation, you might be the go-to person that everybody goes to for advice. But I'm here to tell you that if you have anything going on that's making you feel uncomfortable or off track, don't be afraid to go and get some type of help and to pay attention to yourself and to figure out a plan to come out of that. So you're just as important as anyone else. Absolutely. Fantastic advice there. So what is the best place that people can reach out to you, hear more from you, download your books, absorb as much Tierra Curry knowledge as possible? Because I think you're absolutely fascinating. Well, all inquiries um, from bookings to if a person would like a signed copy of the book, all inquiries can be um, forwarded to fedupchangeup at gmail.com fedupchangeup at gmail.com. Also, the books are available on Amazon as well. And the books are Fed Up Change Up. That's the relationship book. Every chapter is a different relationship. And then we have Changed Up Now What, which is a book that me and my husband wrote. And that's a sequel about our marriage, um, the sequel to the first book. And it's about our marriage. I love so that. that is where they could reach us at. All social media would be Tierra, T-E-A-I-R-A, Curry, C-U-R-R-Y. And I'm sure the content is incredible, just how it has been in this episode. So as I close this show, I want to once again, just extend my hand and say thank you so much for obviously reaching out and wanting to share your story because your story is going to change so many people's lives, including my own today. And I want to just take this moment as well to say to everyone else at home, thank you for listening. Wow. Thank you. So this was an experience here. This wasn't just a podcast. (laughs) This was an experience. Thank you. And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.